Welcome to the Field Trip Podcast. As always, my name is Brent Terhune. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, before you listen to this one, you can go back and even listen to some of the archives. We have uh, Parody Religions with my guest Isaac Lanford, and we also talk about, uh, I think you and I, Isaac, we did a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, maybe? Yeah, the bad one. That Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> but please welcome my guest Isaac Lanford back to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. How you doing, man? I'm doing as well as you can. I'm healthy. I'm uh-huh. in my house and not doing much, but well, we'll I'm do, alive. We'll, f- full disclosure, and this will put a timestamp on it, but, you know, uh, I guess we'll probably think back and, re- and remember the coronavirus, but you and I have not necessarily quarantined, but self-quarantined to our houses and not leaving. Yep. Yeah. Like, how many years from now is this going to come out, Brent? <laughs> Uh, I have a big backlog of episodes, <laughs> but just, you know, uh, I like to keep it, uh, somewhat evergreen, but just to put it in context of, cause usually you and I have recorded in person, yeah. but it's one of those yes. things where I don't trust you. You don't trust me. <laughs> Even now I'm wearing a bandana over my face. So <laughs> I'm just wearing my posture strap. Uh, I'm going to keep wearing this, too, because then when I wear a jacket, when I go out, it looks like I'm carrying a firearm. Is that because I, I, I first I thought you were sitting down wearing a backpack. <laughs> yeah, keep my bug out bag on me at all times. <laughs> I got to have a go bag. I got to have fifteen hundred dollars and a gun at all times. Uh, so we can just talk about it loosely. But, you know, coronavirus, we're all inside. Uh, has everything stopped for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my wife and kids are home from school because mm-hmm. she teaches. They go attend school. They're home. And then I'm home and I have no shows and yeah. nothing no to shows. promote. That keeps yeah. that's actually more of the busy time is social media posts promoting things that now I don't taking selfies now, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, now it's weird how much effort goes into promotion. Now I I got a whole half a day to sit around yeah. and do nothing. Um, and you're a, you're the type of guy that likes to stay busy. I you know you're always yeah. doing some kind of show or some kind of character. Yeah, I I like to stay extremely busy, and so this has been kind of driving me nuts because. You know, on top of performing and then emailing, and I book and produce a lot of shows, and that's not on the horizon. I did figure out my album is going to come out on June 12th. I got that figured out okay. over this time, but uh, that's about the only thing productive I've done. I keep saying I'm going to do more of this. I'm going to record some video and audio, and then I, I don't really know what I'm doing with my days. They keep going away, though. Well, and I, I've I've said it. It's kind of like that part between Christmas and New Year's where nobody really cares. Nobody's really... Mm-hmm. Uh, held to any kind of dates and times, but uh, so your album's coming out June twelfth, and you also have a podcast too. And you you want to tell me about that? Yeah the uh, the podcast is an extension of a live show that we've done for quite a few years. It's called An Evening with the Authors, and it's a mock NPR style show where the host uh, introduces these accomplished writers reading their works, but then it's all comedians playing. Characters ranging from like the mundane to then the video that I posted today was uh, Austin Real as a barbarian reading young teen fiction. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's I've done the show a couple times and it's always fun to either create a whole character just to read 
a fake book and and sometimes people don't even get to the book. Yeah. You know, it's just a yeah. way to fuel a character, but I know I think the two that I've done are I've done Phil DeGraves, he's a horror movie host. <laughs> and then I did I think I don't his name was like Chad Huntsberger, but essentially the premise is falling asleep to the same DVD loop over and over as far you know, that DVD menu. Yeah. I was talking with my wife last night because uh, something one of the movie we watched ended, and it was the same music over and over again. I'm like, imagine falling in your house and not being able to get up, <laughs> and, and this is what keeps playing over and over again was the same song from this movie. <laughs> yeah, you also did the uh, the Mario stepbrother Mario brother in law. I forgot to do that. Yeah, the the Mario <laughs> brother in law. He's Tony. I guess his name would be Tony Mario, but he's. Uh, <laughs> Princess Peach's brother-in-law or brother, so <laughs> kind of yeah. inherited the kingdom. Yeah, uh, it's uh the episode that's going to go up on because I, I put them out in seasons, ten episode seasons. We're on the third one, comes out every other like late Sunday night, early Monday morning, mm-hmm. and this most recent one has I play the host on the radio, on the show on the podcast where we rotate it live, but on the yeah. podcast it's always me. But I also am this one. I'm playing a goblin who's reading a ch- cautionary tale for goblin children. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird where you can. Some of these characters are really you can take it as far as you want it to go, and yeah. that's what I like about it. Because really, you can't do it in stand up because people you have to have you have to know that these are all characters. Yeah, and you have to, the audience has to be willing, like, whenever we do the live show, so, I guess while I'm plugging, although none of them are happening right now, but we do it once a month at the White Rabbit Cabaret in Indianapolis, and then we do it quarterly at Kaiju in Louisville, about twice a year in Detroit, Mm -hmm. or the Detroit area at different venues where we'll do two nights while we're up there, and we do Chicago about three times a year, and so we use all these local comedians from the places, and I always try to sculpt the live show so that it starts off kind of normal, mm-hmm. and then just spirals out as <laughs> it goes until you start having somebody was doing Robosaurus, uh, reading their like Zen um, Buddhist <laughs> reading, <Yeah. laughs> and so it's they have this big cardboard costume one, but then a robe over the top, and that's funny. Yeah. So it's kind of like if Andy Kaufman performed 10 times on a show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we it's can escalation. jump into the topic, which is uh, Uber Facts, which if you're familiar with the show or if you're not, I'll set it up for you. It's kind of like that um, that category on Jeopardy where it's just potpourri, where it's just kind of a mixture of topics. Uh, so if you're not familiar, we're just going to go through the uh, Twitter account at Uberfax. I'll read one. We'll talk about it. If it's a dud, we will move on. <laughs> uh, and Sounds I'm not great. I'm not pre-screened any of these, so it is likely that we will have a dud or two. Uh, th- this one's cheating because I was just checking to see if they had he- even updated it. But here's one. Uh, Ants were alive back when dinosaurs still roamed the planet. Now, are these actual facts, or is this just somebody uh, posts on Twitter? I am, the, I am taking these all as pure fact, a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I guess that's interesting. It is because <laughs> they always say like crocodiles or what a, you know alligators were back around during dinosaur times, but the, you know the, that's never one scene you've seen in the Jurassic Park movies is the ants. Yeah, and I mean. I assume if ants were around, then a lot of other things were too. 
yeah, worms and, you know, something that you never think of, especially with these Jurassic Park movies, they always have to have a bigger monster. It's always a bigger T-Rex, kind of how Jaws is always like, oh, there's two Jaws now. And it's hard to top a real uh, animal, you know? So I would like to see the Jurassic Park version of, of ants, because it would just eventually just be one big ant. Yeah, multiplying. I don't. I'm fine with the original Jurassic Park, like the first one, and the like of the new versions, like the one with uh, Chris Pratt. Yeah. I'm fine with the first one there too. And then I don't know what it is where I just can't ride with them into the sequel, where I'm like, oh come on, no yeah. one would ever do that. I can't really believe we left Kevin at home alone again. <laughs> there was there was uh, a second island full of dinosaurs. What could go wrong again? Like, you know what, guys? We've got it this time. Yeah. We're like, yeah, but it seems like we're just following the exact mistakes they made 25 years ago <laughs> in the same time span. It's And it, that'd be funny if just one person turns to the camera and is like, we have a movie to make, goddammit. <laughs> just breaks character. <laughs> well, and they made that, like, the super dinosaur. They combine it. They're like, you know what? Things have gone horribly wrong every time we've tried to do these dinosaurs. But I just think people are bored of us trying. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Frank <laughs> Frankenstein meets dinosaurs. Because now they're just, like, genetically altering dinosaurs. Yeah. It's one of those where I go to, I watch it knowing that it's just fun. But I'm like, it it's, it is what it is. Yeah, I have a hard time with the just fun part of consuming media nowadays like i can't watch fast and the furious movies i just uh, the whole time i'm watching i'm like there's I, there's something else i could be doing with this time yeah i guess if you know you get super busy that's i i don't know i guess that's my escape from doing things that require my brain to overwork is watching the next fast and the furious movie <laughs> yeah i watched the first one in fast forward like trying to skip to action scenes. Then I'd watch those. And then I would skip past all the parts where they talk to each other. You watch, you watch fast and the furious the same way. My wife watches one of those house remodeling shows. (laughs) She, she wants to see the beginning and she wants to see the end. She doesn't need to see the middle part. Yeah. With that's all you need. All you need is after the last commercial break, Mm -hmm. because then they do a recap and show you what it was like, and then they show you what the house looks like now. Yeah, if a problem happens at minute 12, uh, it's getting fixed. <laughs> oh no, they dropped the granite countertop. What will uh, they do? <laughs> it seems like it's always beams they didn't know about. They're always yeah. like, oh yeah, we were going to make this open concept, but turns out you have a chimney in the middle of your living room. And we then the guy's know. always swearing because he's only going to make $30,000 profit instead of uh, $40,000 profit. <laughs> I'm sorry that you're uh, only going to make $30,000 off this project. I don't like on those shows when they start telling you their plans. Like, I've I've bought two homes myself, and when my realtor would be like, oh, but you can knock out this wall, and then you could easily do that. I'm like, I'm not doing any of that. Yeah. So unless that's done before I get the house, like, I got no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, we've There's been, a wall there. We've been in this house for a year, and we barely have all the pictures hung up. So oh, yeah. That's never ending. Yeah. Uh, you have all your toys up, though, and that's what's important. Yeah, we have all these Simpsons toys, which that is what's important. <laughs> I don't need to see pictures of my family, but it's nice to know that Mayor Quimby's on the wall. <laughs> you're a big Simpsons fan, aren't you? Yeah, I am. 
what I mean, what what attracts you to the show? What what are your favorite episodes? Uh, I think like most people, my favorite episodes are that like three to eight seasons, three to eight. Yeah. Like that's when I think it was really banging. And I was also, I think I was in first grade. I might be wrong on that when it came like the Christmas episode first aired. Mm -hmm. So it's just been there for me (laughs) forever. Yeah. And I watch the new stuff too. Like I still, I'm behind, but I'll still watch the most current seasons. And they're still funny. It's the show is, you know, people are like, it's not good anymore. I'm like, you also have changed. And so was the rest of media. Yeah. I think something with the Simpsons, like when they show reruns all the time, if you like sit and watch, I can remember sitting and watching an episode and laughing and saying to myself, I remember when this aired mm-hmm. and it was one of the new episodes that I didn't think was funny anymore, mm-hmm. but I'm laughing at it now. And it now to look at it, it was still like 14 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just weird how we're always like, it's everything is not as good as it used to be, which it's not, there's like a f- weird f- in, uh, Instagram filter on the past. We're always like, yeah. that was the best. And then you go back and watch one of your favorite cartoons and you're like, oh, I should I should have just left this one alone. Yeah, I'm not really, I don't fall victim to nostalgia bait very often because I feel like there's so much media out there that I'm not really too concerned about going back and watching things that I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have a lot of time to watch. Like, I just started Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's going to be all the TV I watch for weeks. Yeah, you're well, you're in for a real treat with Breaking Bad. I've seen that twice. So. Uh, it's fun. You'll finally get all the costumes from the fa- uh, the past four years, six years. <laughs> Who am I kidding? The show's, I think, has been over for ten years. Like yeah. Just just a bald guy with a, a hat on carrying a round of uh, blue rock candy. And you'll be like, oh, so that's what that's from. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I'm not usually one to like, I don't like comparing apples to oranges. And for some reason, people like to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I bring this up just because I'm a huge fan of the show The Wire. Yeah. And shit. I, yeah, for a few years, people have been telling me, they're like, oh, you need to watch Breaking Bad. It's as good, if not better, than The Wire. It's not fair to compare things like that, but I got to say, The Wire is still, like, primo, and Breaking Bad is, like, really, really good basic television drama. Mm-hmm. Like, basic cable drama. Yeah, it's well, it's also different genres. One's a cop drama, and one is some, like criminal science drop like the guy he's kind of macgyver for meth you know yeah and it's it's neat like i i don't know how accurate their descriptions of chemical reactions are but i'm i don't know any better so i'm just like yeah "Yeah, walter white sure he he knew i think listening to vince gill and the gilligan the creator of the show there they were pretty in depth with bringing in real scientists and being like here's what we want to do. Does it, would that even happen? I think they're, they were pretty in depth with that. Yeah. But now like me and everybody else would know the proper way to dissolve a body in a plastic tub. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be plastic. It can't be your aunt's bathtub. That'll fall through the ceiling. Yeah. Evidently. Evidently. <laughs> uh, let's do an- another Uber fact. This one's, uh, this will be quick, but Michael B. Jordan's Michael B. Jordan from Creed, I think. And, um, and the wire. Oh, he's, is he in it? What, what did yeah, he play he in the Wallace. wire? 
the first season of The Wire, he's Wallace, one of the main kids it follows. Okay, I'll have to... I've only seen that show all the way through once, so it is weird when you go back and watch a show after watching a whole bunch of other stuff, and you're like, oh, there, that's that guy. Like, I yeah. watch a lot of mafia stuff, and you'll see, like, there's Uncle June in The Godfather yeah. Part Two. you know? Yeah, uh, those especially, like, all the, like, Italian-American actors ricochet yeah. all around those. It's weird how, like, they'll do other pop-up roles, but then you're like, oh, yep, he's just playing mafia guys. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'd be I should be so lucky to have a role in film, you know. Right. Yeah. So wait, Michael B Jordan we yeah. didn't, we didn't even hear the fact. <laughs> uh Michael B Jordan's father is named Michael A Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's great. There well there's a lot of pressure on him now to keep the trend going. Yeah, there can only be so many, I guess. Uh, okay, we'll go to uh, the next one. Classic yellow mustard is one of, if not the healthiest condiments in the world. It contains no fat, no cholesterol, no carbs, a low amount of sodium, and can only and can actually have some health benefits. Huh? Do you, do you eat yellow mustard? Yes, that uh, I don't eat a lot of. Well, I, like I don't like ranch. That's Okay. I I look like I would love ranch. <laughs> I have a ranch body, but I'm a usually my go-to would be mustard. See, I love mustard and I've eaten yellow mustard recently. I had a hot dog at my house, mm-hmm. but yeah, typically me too. that's the quarantine food is. Some, yeah, it is. <laughs> let's get some processed meat in here. <laughs> but I will at times have like 8 or 9 mustards in my fridge and none of them are yellow mustard. Oh, I, I've recently branched out to brown mustard. Yeah, I like a stone ground. I like a, like a horseradish mustard. I like I like them all. And yellow is like my least favorite of the mustards. Okay, I need to come over to your house and sample some of these mustards. <laughs> we'll do a mustard flight. Have these little uh, <laughs> cocktail weenies and hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it'll and I'll uh, like the be a sommelier of mustard. This really unlocks the flavor of these lips and assholes <laughs> in this hot dog. Uh, yeah. what, what's your other go-to condiment? If we're ranking condiments, what's your what's your go-tos? Barbecue sauce. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can. I'll eat most things with barbecue sauce. Barbecue? Do you, are you a honey mustard fan then? I do like honey mustard. Yeah, that would be like like if I make myself a platter of chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs. <laughs> I'll have, yeah, I'll have some some mustard, uh, like some honey mustard, and then I'll have maybe a brown mustard or a spicy mustard, and then I'll have a barbecue sauce, and then on some honey along with the barbecue sauce. You're like a Bob Ross of uh, sauces over here. You're just like... Yeah, it's most of the plate is sauce. I got to go back to add chicken, more, more chicken nuggets. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to eat that, that's the way to do it. I, I, I can vouch for that. Uh, do you, have you ever had like a, in Indianapolis, we have this restaurant called St. Elmo's and they're famous for their shrimp cocktail. Have you ever had that sauce? I have never had it. I'm a I'm a trash person. Like I don't go to restaurants above a certain price point. No, well, I've never been to the restaurant uh, <laughs> either. But I I know they because that's this is like a fancy restaurant. But uh, you can buy that sauce in the grocery store, and that if you've ever had that, like it'll just clear your sinuses out. Oh uh, like, yeah, I've heard it's a lot of horseradish. 
It's yeah, and I I like that. Is that something you would go for? Um, yeah. If I guess if I was eating shrimp, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't eat a lot of shrimp at my house, so I don't know <laughs> when I would buy that <laughs> that cocktail sauce. That'd be fun if you just like had the chicken nuggets dipping it in the. That might like, be good. This thirteen dollar cocktail sauce. <laughs> And dipping. It goes by $13 per bag of chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. Is there a condiment that you, you will send back? Ooh. You know, I don't love ketchup. I'll eat it, but mm-hmm. I don't love ketchup. Have you ever seen, like, the breakdown of, like, how much sugar is in ketchup? I That sounds familiar because it's, like, a ton, right? It is a lot. And that, then it clicked in my head why I like ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> It's just spoonfuls of sugar. Just give me some tomato stuff with sugar. That's all I need. Like, I'll eat ketchup if it's on a hamburger that I Mm -hmm. get at a fast... Like, I don't modify my food when I eat out at all. I eat it the way it's served. Although, if you ever eat a McDonald's hamburger, you inevitably take the pickles off because they just drag off of the burger. Yeah, yeah. it's usually like, (laughs) there's three pickles, but you're getting a bite of pickles because the guy making it doesn't care. And then your chin has a lot of ketchup and mustard on it. Yeah. Now, for me, it's I just got a beard full of whatever <laughs> I had that day, which is gross. That's some cocktail sauce for later. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what's been clearing up, making my nose run. <laughs> gross. Uh, let's do another one. If a baby uh, is born at 11 p.m. in California... While another baby is born at 2 a.m. in New York, this feels like a math problem yeah, it does. that I'm I don't want to do. They will have different birthdays, even though they were born at the same time. So, I I mean, that's pretty common sense. Yeah, I don't think that's... <laughs> 2 a.m. This is more of a piss Brent off during a podcast fact. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a, a, like a, a quiz that my nine-year-old daughter would give me yeah like, there are no stairs they're not blue it's a one-story house how how can you bury the the people that died <laughs> and not the survivors or yeah why would you bury the survivors exactly okay uh keanu reeves was once sued by a woman who claimed he used hypnosis and impersonated her ex-husband to impregnate her she thought she sought three million dollars in spousal support and $150,000 a month in retroactive child support. A DNA test found he wasn't the father, and the case was thrown out. Damn. Damn. So, at first, I thought it was saying that he, like, tricked her into having sex with him instead of her husband, because he, for some reason, thought she'd never go for Keanu Reeves. (laughs) (laughs) But, But, no, it's that she's claiming that he... Essentially, have the guy. Where's the? Yeah. the it's like a, a Joseph situation. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think uh, she. I think she thinks he's literally Dracula. <laughs> to just that's use like uh, hypnosis to trip trick a lady into sleeping with you. And he went and did a DNA test. I guess the court did. You that's know. insane. Can you imagine Keanu Reeves on Maury? (laughs) (laughs) Just like his like quiet enthusiasm. Like, I told you, Maury. I told you. He does not have the personality for a good Maury guest. No, like he's not going to sell. And also $150,000 a month in child support. 
Yeah, I don't understand the way that shit works. It's like a sliding scale just based on what you make, I guess. I get I don't and I'm I'm guessing it was California. Again, I don't do any research beyond what the fact is presented to me. Well, it's a fact. You don't you shouldn't yeah. have to. <laughs> These are all facts. Uh I guess if you're gonna get knocked up by a celebrity, I guess Keanu Reeves is not the worst one. Oh no, there's way worse ones. Could have been Kevin Federline. Yeah, Screech. Screech. I wonder if he has kids. Skippy from Family Ties. <laughs> Anybody just... that's taking gigs from hardworking headliners in comedy clubs. <laughs> uh, Jason know... Muse. Jason, I don't know Kevin Farley. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yeah. But uh, he's probably knocked it. No, I don't know. I don't know about him. I think he's a listener. He's a fan. <laughs> of the I don't know anything about Kevin Farley. I'm just going to hope that he was already a comedian before his brother was famous. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anything. It's weird how, but he looks so much like Chris Farley. Yeah. Uh, what other fun, like famous, uh, brothers have like, they have Jim Belushi. Yeah. And he's the one where like, even as a child, I just assumed he was a talentless hack who was (laughs) cashing in on his brother. I never, then I found out that he just like was doing all those you know, second city and things as well. Okay. <laughs> he didn't just go, Oh, my brother's dead. Now it's my turn. <laughs> just slides over like, uh, <laughs> yeah. just, uh, Tom Cruise and risky business just slides over into that spot. Um, I get, I guess Bill Murray's brother, you, you know, a lot about improv and SNL was Bill Murray's brother involved in stuff and improv and stuff too. Yeah. Brian Doyle. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think several of those brothers were all involved. What, because and, I think Brian's older, and he was like he was a like elder statesman when Bill was like the, the young gun coming up through it is what I think. I think that's accurate. Okay. Well, I've been to your house a couple times, and you just lit. It's a literal bookshelf of comedy uh, books, and you're you're pretty into sketch. And not, I don't know, not so much improv, but you like sketch a lot. Yeah i I buy all of those SNL books like all the the histories and then I'll I'm willing to read pretty much any former cast members memoir mm-hmm. cuz just need to try to piece together that tapestry and like figure out it's such a long lineage and you know give or uh, take what your opinions of the show are throughout the years you can't deny like the the talent that's been filtered through there over 45 years yeah i mean i don't know what percentage of movies feature an SNL cast member as the star, but it's pretty significant based on any other show. Yeah. And there seems to be a real fraternity kind of vibe where the people that were on the show together kind of continue throughout the years to appear in the same projects. Mm-hmm. Do you, and so would you say SNL is at the quintessential sketch comedy show? Cause you like, I, I'm not really that well read as far as sketch goes. Mm-hmm. So are are there any other significant ones that you would put up there with SNL? It's so tough because of just how long it's been around because 40 years, right? Yeah, more, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh like Chappelle's show is it's like a knockout boxer, knockout puncher boxer, you know, like it just it's compact, it's there, it's Mike Tyson like almost everything's killer. Mhm. Whereas SNL, I mean, there's a lot of bullshit throughout mm-hmm. that time, but then still throughout 
almost there might be exceptions, but I would say every era you can still find some quintessential sketches that like changed the way people do different types of comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you? So would you put Chappelle Show up there with SNL then, or the, are we comparing apples to oranges then? <clears throat> I do think it's kind of apples to oranges, but I mean, they're sketch shows. It's just when you only do two and a half seasons, Mm -hmm. it's hard to compare that with 45 plus you're talking half an hour episodes versus hour and a half episodes versus live. Yeah. And I think the beauty of Saturday night live is the voices. Chappelle show has a voice Mm -hmm. that is what, what the show was and living caller was more of a voice to what their sketches were doing. Like Keenan really controlled that show. Uh, Mr. Show. There's a voice Mm -hmm. there where SNL is so many different in one episode, you'll have so many different voices of writers and performers that it really makes their hit ratio a little higher because they're only using what they deem as the best from each of those voices Mm -hmm. on an episode. And I think that's the real strength of why it has been able to survive is because it wasn't like, I mean, obviously there's Lauren Michaels in the five years he wasn't there was different than the rest of the run of the show, but it's not like losing one person off of that cast or writer's room makes the show fail. Yeah. Um, we can move on to the next thing, but we, you can choose one topic that I'm going to ask you about. What is, what's the best couple sketches of all time or what's your favorite sketches of all time? You pick one uh, of those. I think it has to be favorite because I say best it's subjective and that's yeah. just leaves room for argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your favorites then? My favorites, off the top of my head, uh, there was a Mr. Show sketch where it's the episode about drugs, and it's like a doctor and the parents are posing as teenagers and having like a an after-school teen hangout show mm-hmm. where they just they talk loose and free and try to use slang, and they're wearing bad wigs, and <laughs> uh, that's really funny. Uh, a lot of the SNL stuff that I loved was from the late 80s era, like Dana Carvey and John Lovitz. Mm-hmm. Dana Carvey used to do Head Wound Harry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Was... I mean, for me, and I, like I said, I'm not that well read in sketch comedy, but there's always Matt Foley. Yeah. Uh, and that, a, that's yeah, great. A great sketch, but also it's kind of the basic answer. So you know, um, but yeah, that and the the Black Klansman, the Blind Klansman from Chappelle, Clayton Bigsby. That was like yeah, the, that's that's the other one for me because that whole show that was uh that was water cooler talking. Eighth grade was Wednesday nights. The show would come on on Thursday till the next Wednesday was just us quoting these sketches. Yeah, and you know, front to back, my favorite television sketch show was the Upright Citizens Brigade show that was on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. That, and again, it was only like three seasons or whatever, but I felt like as a three-season run, it was really solid. Yeah. And they did the full episode that was the Little Donnie Foundation about the kid who had the giant dick that they were trying to <laughs> <laughs> bring awareness and like get him help. And so the, he's running around with just this blurred out dick hanging out of his shorts. That's funny. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> Um, any other thoughts on uh, sketch before we move on to the next one? Oh, you know, I, if I was more prepared, I would have a lot of yeah. break out my volumes. Back yeah. Here and and that may be, through. maybe an episode I have you back on is the, the, yeah. 
I we'll we'll have to label it the greatest sketches, but it's all up to interpretation. But uh, let's do the next one. Next Uber fact: In 1939, Joe Aridy, a mentally disabled man, this is going to be hilarious. Uh, a mentally disabled man was executed after being falsely accused for murder, known as "quote the happiest prisoner on death row." And uh, unable to understand his fate, he entered the gas chamber smiling. He was pardoned in 2011, 72 years after his death. Jesus. A lot of good that did, Joe. God damn. I thought that, well, I guess if it was 70 years ago, but I thought if you, like, didn't understand your fate, then they couldn't execute you. I guess. I mean, I'm mentally disabled. That's one where they were just like, we got to pin the crime on somebody. And this is how it's going to happen. Yeah, that's sad. That's a sad fact, Brent. Sorry. Well, oh yeah, <laughs> I realized I just switched over to at sad facts. <laughs> it reminds me of that the West Memphis Three case, if you know anything about that. Just a tiny bit, yeah. Which one of them was like had a, an IQ that was so low, but th- they that's who they got the confession out of was... You know, kind of like uh, Brendan Dassey on Making a Murderer, who's just like, I just yeah. want to go watch WrestleMania. And, <laughs> and, and you're just like, this cl- kid clearly didn't do anything. Yeah. It's uh, like, fine, I killed him. Can I go get my juice box now? Yeah, can I go watch WrestleMania? Like, And the, he's still in jail now. I bet he's never even seen that WrestleMania. Well, thanks to the WWE Network, which is a sponsor here on the podcast. <laughs> For just nine ninety nine, he can watch the ninety seven Roy. I don't know what it was, but uh, let's move on from the uh, at sad facts. New York City is considered to be the most linguistically diverse city in the world, home to an estimated eight hundred different languages. I believe that for sure. I lived in Brooklyn for a couple of years, and on my walk to the train station. I went through about three like distinctly different neighborhoods where the signs changed language and, you know, you could still go in and buy stuff or whatever, but it was definitely like the whole atmosphere changed. Oh, for sure. Where it's almost, a, you know, a little Italy to a little, you know, whatever the, you know, country they were from. And I'm not spending a significant amount of time in New York, but uh, I know it's uh, much more linguistically diverse than Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah, I think you might get three languages here. Because, yeah, three, there's there's probably, there's Spanish, and then there's learn to speak English, <laughs> and then a third one. <laughs> yeah, then there's the thing that the rest of the people speak here. Yeah. Uh, New York City, let's move on to the next one. Uh, the current U.S. flag was designed in 1958 by a 17-year-old student for a high school project. The student received a B minus. That no way, that's, that's true. I don't dispute facts here on the Uber Facts episode. <laughs> and they if, don't have hashtag and then the source. Yeah, it's like when you, you like those kids that would got that question wrong about Pluto being a planet or not. And then could go back and be like, you see, it's not a planet. This guy should go back to his teacher and be like, this has been the flag since 1958. Yeah, my guess is he was like a senator's son or something. And 
or some white person who felt like they were important, who then took it to the courthouse, took it to the Supreme Court to I, dispute his son's B minus. I, I just picture the, the kid actually bringing his B minus up to the courthouse. <laughs> like this needs to be shown to everybody. And it, if a B minus flag is not the uh, a good metaphor for our country right now, we could be at least B plus, don't you think? Yeah. Well, they don't say who it is. He could have just become our president and then made it the flag. And, and then, yeah, retroactively. Yeah. Uh, be, and then, yeah, uh, we'll do a couple I more. Dedicate this flag to my fifth grade social studies teacher. It's it's that uh, Biggie song, Juicy, who was like, this song goes out to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's it was a presidency built out of spite. <laughs> The FBI planted an informant pretending to be a radical Muslim in a mosque in 2006. The Muslims in the mosque ended up reporting him to the FBI for being an extremist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. That's like just the bad undercover. He's like, you guys want to, I don't know. You guys got any plans for this weekend? Yeah. (laughs) You infidels, anything? Anything with infidels? Hey, do you guys want to go learn how to fly a plane but not land it? <laughs> and they were like, dude, calm down. <laughs> this this is the th- kind of thing that makes me think that some of these aren't facts, but really hopes they are facts. Yeah, I mean, that is hilarious to me. I hope that that's true. I also like that there was that argument back then around... Uh, Whatever it was called, I think we weren't supposed to forget it. Whatever that date was, uh, oh yeah, nine eleven. And when they were like, they wanted to build a a mosque at like um, whatever part of New York City. And I just know people. I just met people in Indiana that were like, I don't think they should be building a mosque down at this place I've never been at. Yeah. All the way, by the way, it's the most linguistically diverse place in the country, and I don't think they should be doing that down there either. Uh, a bathroom hand dryer sucks fecal bacteria out of the air, then sprays it directly onto your hands. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. There's I've, poop everywhere in there. Yeah, it's that's where we keep it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so. I don't really think that. I mean, maybe the the pressurized air is putting more poop onto your hands, but I think that, like, you wash your hands after you wipe your ass, but then you're still in that room where yeah. all the poop floats. You almost have to, like, go on through one of those chambers uh, where it just kind of decompresses everything, and then you walk out the other side. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, if if poop gets in the air like that, that means every time you use a toilet, just hanging out in a room full of poop air. Yeah, just fecal air. It's uh, What I'm saying is it's inescapable, so just calm down. Yeah. Even- I mean, we also create that poop in our bodies. Yeah, guys, it's my poop. I don't know why you're getting all bent out of shape about it. <laughs> it's my poop. <laughs> uh, and I'm taking it with me. <laughs> um, also, even I would rather have the hand dryer than that. You see it in like some like small gas stations where it's that one piece of cloth that hangs oh, from God. the hand dryer thing. And it's clearly not been changed in a decade. Yeah, I don't know what the inside of that thing is. Like, I don't know how that thing functions, how it's supposed to work. 
But no, who would ever touch that thing? Like you, you're almost better off just not washing your hands. Yeah. After you poop and just leave, and you you you're cleaner. Yeah, absolutely. Like those bathrooms are absolutely disgusting anyway. So touching that cloth hanging there, that's a no no. I I'd like to know if any if we can locate a person who will say, well, yeah, I I washed my I tried my hands <laughs> on those things. Well, they're all dead, so. <laughs> Um, uh, there was something else I was going to say, uh, oh, when, when you're on the road, if you, if you got to stop to take care of some business, what's your preferred place to stop? Uh, usually fast food restaurant. Okay. I, I prefer like a, it's a, a flying J or a loves or a, I think it's called a TA, any truck stop. Um, yeah. cause usually there's like, if I can walk in and the guy's just kind of cleaning up, I'm like, okay, cool. I always assume those places are where, like, serial rapists hang out. Uh, well, that's one of the places we like to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. Maybe just too many like movies about like drifters in the seventies, <laughs> but like, yeah. I those places always and pooping is like the most vulnerable thing you can do. Yeah. Well, we I do have our own be... separate uh, lounge. You know, <laughs> and I'm just going to continue this character for the rest of the podcast. Um, we'll do a couple more and then we'll wrap up. Um, it only costs internet service providers about 40 cents a month to provide you with internet access. Sure. I don't, I don't understand how it costs anything. I don't understand how like money works. I don't know. Like the air. It's, yeah. It's just like, they plugged in tubes that attached to my computer. I don't know. Yeah. What, like, so running electricity to keep the thing running that gives like keeps my internet up. I don't sure. I mean, your, your tennis shoes only cost 10 cents to make. Yeah. And those are $125. Yeah. Well, at, the, at this point with internet and shoes, I mean, what are you going to do? Not have either one. That's why I wear new balance Brent, because they're made in America. So no sweatshops on my dad's shoes. That's why I prefer to wear Nike because I know they come from a sweatshop. <laughs> okay. That's kind of Nike, the same character. Proud sponsor of Field Trip with Brent or Hewn. <laughs> uh, not a proud sponsor, but definitely a sponsor. So <laughs> That's one of those things where you hear like, you remember when you had to pay 10 cents a text? I, I don't think I had a, a cell phone when that was a thing. Okay. Well... Um, I would, it would cost like 10 cents a text and then you would read it would cost like 0.1 cent of a penny or whatever to actually send that text. So you're paying, you know, just the same prices as as internet or when you buy like a soda fountain drink and it costs them a nickel for something that's going to cost you $2. Yeah. I, for real, like. If I can help it, I do not buy fountain drinks at fast food restaurants when I'm eating because, like, I order off the the dollar menu mm-hmm. at fast food places. I'm there. I feel like those potatoes and that soft drink they're trying to rip me off. <laughs> Give me two McChickens and a third McChicken on the side, and I'll be fine. I uh, it's weird how some of my Taco Bell visits will be uh, three dollars or fifteen dollars. It is wild. Like, if you order anything other than the dollar menu at Taco Bell, it can get expensive. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> relatively speaking. Yeah, for you know, fifteen dollars <laughs> in the grand scheme of things is whatever. But this also that you know, forty cents for internet a month also reminds me of like that that movie popcorn. Anytime you're in a thing where you can't bring your own food and you there's nowhere else, and you just you just either you're not going to eat or you just chalk it up to having fun at the experience that you're at. Yeah, and the you try not to think about the movie theater popcorn because you know, like the next day they just throw bags of it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, if you sh- show up to the latest movie, you could just walk out and be like, "Can I have some of that?" <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, one nice thing though is that they, uh, I know that they often will give the popcorn to people. Like if a school teacher contacts them and's like, "Hey, I want some popcorn for my kids," they'll let you come and just pick up giant bags. Do they check that you're a teacher? Probably not. Uh, I got a phone call to make real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do it uh, when our buddy Jim Lugers, he used to run a, a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And I would go pick up popcorn for my wife. And he he's the one that told me about it. So it's not like he was just giving me popcorn on the down low. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's like that would be the weird plot to a Seinfeld episode. Like George tries pretend to be a teacher to, to get free movie popcorn. <laughs> Or it's just Kramer's apartment's full of these bags of popcorn. <laughs> They're giving it away, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. And the, the building smells like butter or something. <laughs> uh, we'll, uh, we'll do two more and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, when a male llama tries to make a move on a female llama, she'll spit on him if she's not feeling it. Which mm. I th- I don't think that's limited to llamas. No, she could also spit on him if she's really feeling it. That's what I was going to say. That's either (laughs) two extremes. Either she doesn't like you or somehow she's really into you. Yeah, it depends on if it's directly in your mouth or not. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if you're German. (laughs) (laughs) That German, no, uh, I have a bit about now. I was going to say, at least now you know that if you ever get spit on by a llama, that at least it's not trying to fuck you. (laughs) That, yeah, thank God. I might be covered in spit, but <laughs> the alternative was crazier. Yeah. I have a bit about that where cats will give you, it's called a love bite, where they, it's kind of, it's a half bite. It's doesn't, it's not supposed to hurt, but my one cat, it just hurts real bad. He doesn't get the concept of it. So it's like either, like when, when you love somebody, either you don't bite them or you bite them real hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Uh, we'll wrap up with this one. It kind of goes back to the Simpsons. I just saw Matt Groening. I didn't read the whole thing, so we'll see what right. it says and see if it's a dud. When asked about his future ambitions regarding the show The Simpsons, Matt Groening said, my ultimate goal is to offend every country in the world. <laughs> Which with The yeah. Simpsons, that now it's very tame. Yeah, that sounds like a uh, a Trey Parker, Matt Stone quote more so than Matt Groening. Yeah, but I, I guess The Simpsons is offensive. But I, you know, talking about South Park, I've been saying for two decades now that when you grew up in the post South Park world, it's hard to be offended by things. Yeah, like my the most offensive thing I can think of from South Park besides like. Maybe showing the Prophet Muhammad. I don't know if they did that or Family Guy did it. And to me, it's not offensive, but obviously to some people in an undercover mosque in New York, I might have been offended. <laughs> to that one FBI yeah. agent. <laughs> Let's go get him, guys. Uh, 
would have been like the time when the Pope, the character, they have a Pope character. He goes up to a statue and it sh- somehow shoots menstrual blood from the, the Virgin Mary <laughs> all over the Pope. <laughs> As a former Catholic, I was even like, oh no. <laughs> like, yeah, they've definitely done some things. Some some things that uh, are questionable, but so it makes the Simpsons not seem that bad. But I know that like, I think my father in law hates the Simpsons yeah. because to him, when like his kids were watching it, he thought it was just like foul humor and whatever. Yeah, and it what, was I guess at the time it was, but it's also we've all met that one person that wasn't allowed to watch the Simpsons as a kid. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's it's almost and I'm I'm not trying to say anything negative about like homeschooled people. But yeah, well you and I know a mutual guy that has was homeschooled and you can't quite put your finger on what's socially awkward about him and then you find out he's homeschooled and yep. then you're like totally makes sense. Yeah. Think about how many uh how many people that now have been diagnosed with like Asperger's that that we all just thought were homeschooled. <laughs> That's offensive. I'm ending this podcast right now. <laughs> uh, any anything you want to wrap up on with this Uberfax episode? Your album's coming out. You said what? June twelfth. Yeah, June twelfth. There'll be pre-sale a few weeks before that. I'll I'll probably hit you up and could try to get back on before that. Well, with that uh, last comment, I think I'm. Uh... <laughs> Lose my number, Isaac. No. Uh, what's your album called, by the way? <laughs> uh, the album is just Live at the White Rabbit Cabaret. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then also your uh, your podcast and your weekly show or your monthly show at the White Rabbit called Evening with the Authors. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. And as soon as we live performances start back up, I'm sure you'll be performing at the White Rabbit and elsewhere. Yeah, I'll be around. Uh, I know that, you know, if this thing if we're allowed to travel, I've got some dates to reschedule. So I've already rescheduled some stuff for the summer. So I'll be definitely be back in the places that I mentioned at the top of the show. I'll be back in Louisville and Detroit and Chicago and all those places. And then we'll see what else ends up happening. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully I hopefully I get this government check. I can pay my bills. And... I I'm going to get me the biggest TV they make. <laughs> That I, you know, I've yeah. been making uh, videos about the whole coronavirus thing, and I think that's my take on when the checks come out is just buying a big, t- not literally buying a big TV, but saying that's what I bought. Yeah. You know, you something gotta, to help me get through this hard time. You got to go to Best Buy and be like, do you guys just have a box from like <laughs> the giant TV that I could take? And then somehow <laughs> drop it on the way in. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 well cool man thanks for being on the show and i'll definitely have you back before june 12th to plug that album live at the white rabbit cabaret uh thanks for being on and i'll talk to you next time isaac all right cheers brent hey thanks again for listening to the podcast if you could just do me a quick favor whatever platform you listen to the field trip on just give me a positive review for the show if you don't mind and if you could tell a friend about the show that would be even better If you want to know more about me, brentcomedy.com is the website. 
and updated tour schedules over there. Uh, so links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can pick up your emotional support beer koozies over there. And if you want a shirt that I've been wearing in one of my videos, go to teespring.com and search for Brent Terhune. Uh, all that stuff is right there on the website. So thank you again for listening, and we'll see you on the next field trip.